I don't know if you know this or not. I think you do, because you're smart. The world has changed. Anybody know that? I mean, you didn't wake up this morning. No, you've been watching it. The world, it's the honest truth. Tell somebody next to you. Now, since we're in the South, we can say it a different way than we would normally say it. We can say, it ain't coming back. You can say that in the South and get by with it, right? So turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't coming back. It, it just ain't coming back. It's not coming back. This world that you long for, the music, it's just not coming back. You can live in it. You can visit your, 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 your history. You can whatever you want. The world that we knew is not coming back. We are now, we have been thrust into digital Babylon. And we are living, whether we realize it or not, we are living in digital Babylon. And we have idols, whether we want to talk about it or not, but our new idols are things like phone addictions and social media addictions. And you can criticize me as you scroll, but you know I'm telling you the truth because we have become addicted to media. And here's the whole problem with social media addiction. The real addiction is not the social media. The real addiction is that you're becoming addicted to other people's opinions. That's the real addiction, that you're allowing what they say to ruin your day, and you're getting depressed if somebody unfollows you or stops liking you or somebody else made the same post as you and got more likes than you because now we suddenly judge the quality of ourselves by what these strangers think. And I want to tell you, you need to be more concerned about what God thinks and what anonymous Agnes sitting on her house in her house shoes in her sweatpants thinks about you commenting on everything you write and giving you thumbs up or thumbs down anonymous Agnes you know what I don't need your vote I don't need your like I don't need your comment somebody needs to be chasing the ark somebody needs to be going after what God is saying we have been thrust into a digital Babylon, and it's disturbing, but this is what I know. We serve a God with a fresh oil and a fresh assignment. He is going to give us a new anointing with a new harvest, and we're going to reach this new world the same way we reach the old world. You can sit back and look for the devil all you want, but I'm telling you, the lion of the tribe of Judah is on the prowl. He's about to roar. You can chase devils if you want, but I'm telling you, wherever you go, there's an entourage of angels going with you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, and if you'll just release what is inside of you, you will see what God is doing and not live in a corner of fear of all the things the devil is doing. Let me tell you, if God is for you, who can be against you? You need to believe 
believe that. You need to believe that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. You need to believe that and embrace that because the God we serve is going to give us the right anointing and the right resources and the right alignment to reach this world that we live in. The devil has not won as long as there's a remnant, as long as there's an anointed one. God would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah over 10. I'm telling you, he's going to spare this country over the thousands of believers that are on their knees praying and fasting and declaring, yes, you believe what you want to believe. You believe whatever newscast you want to believe. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. And I'm telling you, revival is coming. Revival is coming. I'm an ambassador of hope. Revival is coming. Yes, I see what's going on, but revival is coming. I see who's leading, but revival is coming. I see who's failing, but revival is coming. Don't lose hope on the anointing. This is a new season, but it has a reason, and we're going to reach a young harvest in a way we've never reached them before. Well, let me get to my final scripture. Psalm 133. Behold. Anytime God starts a verse that way, you need to pay attention. Behold. I didn't know this was going to be a towel night, but it turns out that it is. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren and for the rest of you and sistren to dwell together in unity, because it means all of us, right? Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Now, God is not wasting words here. God wants us to figure out exactly what he's trying to tell us. You need to understand that this anointing starts, and this is what I want you to see here. There's a lot of ways to preach this, but this is the way I want to talk about it tonight. The anointing starts at the highest point and goes to the lowest point. So if you can't believe you're anointed in your lowest point, then don't act like you're anointed in your highest point because I'm telling you, it's going to be there for you. Whatever you go through, the anointing is going to carry you through. It goes from the highest point to the lowest point. It starts at the head and goes to the hem. Now here's what you need to understand. The highest concentration of oil is not on the head. It's all run off. It all started there. But the highest concentration of the oil is in the lowest part of the garment. Now understand where I'm going. The highest concentration of the oil has gathered in the lowest part. That means what started here is assigned here. My season is not just about headship and authority and who I am in Christ and my identity. All of that's important. But my anointing has to flow somewhere else in order for me to fulfill my assignment. It flows to the lowest part. Now, notice he begins this by saying, 
how blessed it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He's telling us here that there's only one way that there's, well, there's, there's two things going on here. Unity will give you a corporate anointing. Disunity will disrupt a corporate anointing. Disunity will disrupt a corporate anointing. Now notice how he describes unity. And some of you need to fasten your seatbelt here. Not because we're gonna, you're going to run, but you're going to want to squirm. Here's how he describes unity. He describes unity with a beard. He doesn't say anything about the hands. He doesn't say anything about the feet. He doesn't say anything about the shoulder blades and the legs. He doesn't say anything about that. He says that it pours on the head of Aaron and goes down to his beard. So do you know what an anointed person looks like? The first thing that you can, the first way that you can tell if anointed, a person is anointed by what they say. The beard is right here and the oil gathers around the mouth. So the first way you can tell if someone is or is not anointed is by the words they're speaking, the things that are coming out of their mouth. Are they speaking faith or fear? Are they speaking, what are they speaking? Are they prophesying? Are they praying? Are they saying, are they, are they declaring doomsday everywhere? So what is coming out of their mouth? But here's the second thing. The beard not only declares what they're saying, but the beard also declares that who's saying it is mature. Uh-huh. I know this personally. Boys don't grow beards. Boys can't grow beards. If you grow a beard, you're a man. And what he's telling you is that you cannot have unity in the presence of a lot of immaturity. Now, now understand this. I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about spiritual recklessness. I'm not talking about age. He says you cannot have you cannot have unity where you have people all the time saying things not being accountable for them. People saying things and not living up to it. People saying things and they never happen and they don't act like it never happened. They just go on hoping you'll forget about it. He's saying that you cannot have maturity, you cannot have maturity or, or, or unity in the body of Christ when you don't have spiritual maturity. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Some people think that they're anointed but they just can't seem to get over their past, and that's all they want to talk about. Every time you get them anywhere, all they want to do is drum up the past, drum up the past, drum up the past, drum up the past, drum up the past. You are a Christian, but you have not come to that place of mature faith. 
to where you can see beyond that. I'm not saying your past didn't hurt, and I'm not, but there is something else to be said. You cannot spend the rest of your life just mumbling and crying about what didn't happen and never open up your mouth and say, to God be the glory, I'm still here, and I'm going to live to fight another day. If all you got to do is whine about what happened to you 40 years ago and 50 years ago, then, honey, you might be a Christian, but you're not mature. You need to grow a beard. Turn to the person next to you, sit next to you and say, I want to see your beard. I don't, I don't care what gender they are. Turn to me. We were, this is spiritual. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to see your beard. I need to see your beard. I need to see your beard. Don't tell me that you are anointed and appointed and you have secret prayer meetings to pray against other Christians. You need to grow a beard. That's not how the body of Christ works. You want to pray against something? Pray against the bar down the street. Pray against the drug scene in the back alley. Don't form a secret mission to pray against born-again believers. Not in this warfare. We need every soldier we can get. We need everybody with their boots on. We don't need division in the body of Christ. We need unity in the body of Christ. You may be Christian, but you need to grow a beard. Well... You still got that seatbelt on? Don't tell me you can speak in tongues and get a word for everybody, but your heart is still filled with unforgiveness and you hold grudges. You need to grow a beard. Don't tell me, don't tell me you can fall out a hundred times, get enough oil on your head to crank a bus, and you can lay hands on everything that wiggles. And you still have unforgiveness and grudges in your heart? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that you're really as powerful as you think you are. You are a Christian, but you need to grow a beard. The only way you can have corporate anointing is when you've got some maturity and some spiritual maturity and some people who can speak faith and some people who can prophesy and people who can stand in the face of adversity and declare God's goodness in the midst of it all. We need somebody who can stand in their doorway against opposition and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We don't care what the neighborhood does. We don't care what you do. We're going to serve the Lord. But don't think, the Bible says a man should not think that they're more spiritual than they are. There's a scripture. Don't think you're more spiritual than they are when you harbor all of these issues. But oh boy, you can hubbubbub as good as anybody. Your hands go to shaking, your syllables start to running, and you think you're spiritual. But you got all this inside of you, all this unforgiveness inside of you. Don't tell me that you can jump around, fall out on the floor, and speak in tongues on demand. And you still are an instrument of disunity in the body of Christ. Still talking about them. Still stabbing them in the back. Still pointing your fingers. Still judge. Don't, don't tell me that. Let me tell you something. Don't tell me that you can fall out every time we have a prayer line and get up and judge everybody in the house. Don't tell me that. And I'm not saying anybody's doing that. Really, I'm really talking about people over in Alabama. 
Since we have an Alabama football team, I thought I'd give you Tennessee fans a little break there. I'm not talking about any of you. Now I'm gonna get emails from Alabama because you know I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I really am kidding. I'm just trying to let, let you off the hook here. I wanna tell you something, folks. We have enough work on our hands fighting the devil. We have enough assignment on our hands to win the lost. We cannot be dividing our forces. We need every soldier we can get. We need to pray some people back to victory and good old time religion if we need to, but we need some more. We need some mature people that have grown a spiritual beard and speak with a spiritual mouth. I need some lions who can roar. I need some people who can prophesy. We need some people who can pray. We need some people who can stand in the face of fear and declare their faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, it's not you, but somebody needs to grow a beard. It's not, not you. It's not you. But somebody needs to grow a beard. Why? Why is this unity so important? Why is this corporate anointing so important? Why? Because there's an assignment on it. Remember how I told you that the oil flows down, 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 and gathers at the bottom. It gathers at the bottom. It's thickest at the bottom. The, the heaviest anointing is in the lowest place. To make sure we did not miss that point, he said one more thing about that anointing. He said, it is like the dew of Hermon, verse 3. Descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life evermore. Understand this about the dew of Hermon. I've got a map here I want to show you guys, and we'll close with this. The dew of Hermon flows into small streams and tributaries. Can you guys put up that map? of it? There we go. So I want you to see up there where it says Lebanon, there is where the Mount Hermon is at. So the very top of Israel, in the highest point of Israel, you have, you have the dew that gathers and the snow that gathers at the top of Mount Hermon. And get this, you, you, listen to what I'm saying, you, you gotta hear this part. It flows down. The dew drops down until it forms little tributaries. Those turn into creeks. Those creeks turn into the Jordan River, and that is going to flow all the way down for 40 miles into the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is gonna fill up, and when it spills over, the Jordan River is gonna continue from the overflow of the Sea of Galilee, and it is gonna flow another 127 miles down to the Dead Sea, and there it stops. It is going to, the dew is going to flow down, 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 down 167 miles. It's going to flow, the dew is going to flow 167 miles down. The the dew, I'm going to say it again, the dew is going to flow down, 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 167 miles into a dead place, which is the lowest place on the earth. The lowest place on the entire earth is the Dead Sea. It is, can I tell you, first of all, let me tell you Christians something. 
It's impossible to drown in the Dead Sea. So what you worrying about? You're going to float. The same water that got you there is the same water that's going to keep you there. I told you that the oil gathers at the bottom. Don't worry about the valley. You're going to survive the valley. Don't worry about the battle. You're going to survive the battle. Don't worry about the enemy. You're going to survive the enemy. It's going to flow down, down, down. It's going to hold you up when you get to the lowest point. But here's the reason that you have to have unity in the house. The reason you have to have unity in the house is because when you get to the bottom Things are dead, and there's only one thing that makes it float. As a matter of fact, the Dead Sea is 37% minerals and salt. So think about that. 37%. It's like oil when you pick it up. It's oily. 37% minerals and salt, but there's one thing that holds you up, and it's not the minerals and the salt. It is the water because the minerals and the salt are going to float in the water and the same thing that started anointing you here is going to anoint you there and the power that kept you here is going to keep you there and the same hallelujah here is going to be a hallelujah in the lowest place of earth in the lowest place of your life but do you know why we have to be united and we have to get anointed is because our oil is assigned to the lowest place of the earth we have got to go after those in the Dead Sea. We've got to go after those who are spiritually dead. Understand this. We are not anointed just so saints can shout. And I love it when the saints shout. But there's more to it than that. We are not anointed just so saints can shout. We are anointed so sinners can live. We are anointed so dead things can float. We are anointed so dead things can live. The reason we need mature Christians, the reason we need sanctified Christians, the reason we need anointed Christians is because we have an assignment when we walk out of these doors to reach someone in the lowest place, that person who's who's called the suicide hotline that we can help, that person who's down and out that we can help, that person who's got their last doctor's statement and feels like there's no hope, but when a born-again, spirit-filled, when a child of God walks into the room, we bring angels into the room. We bring the Holy Spirit into the room. We bring power into the room. We bring life into the room. We need to be anointed, not because we get it here. We need to be anointed because we are assigned to the people in the lowest places of the earth. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.